Welcome to C-Squared, reviews beyond the speed of light. Hi, and welcome to C-Squared. I'm Christopher. And I'm Karma. And we're here, as you can probably guess, reviewing the film The Incredibles. This is actually the first one of our two-part reviews. Yes. We've just finished re-watching the original version of The Incredibles, and then as soon as this review is done, we're going to head out to see The Incredibles 2. But for now, we're talking about the first film. Yes. Karma, what'd you think? I love this film. It's like a love letter to James Bond. If James Bond were a middle-aged married superhero. Who's overweight. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being an overweight superhero. I'll have this you know. This is true. This is true. <laughs> it, is, it is an amazing, amazing picture. I remember being completely blown away by this movie when I first saw it, when it first came out in, I forget the year. It's been a while now. It's been a while. I think it's been like seven or eight years. It's been seven or eight years. Uh, first, I have to get this out of the way. This is absolutely, without question, the best Fantastic Four movie that's ever been made. <laughs> yeah. These guys managed to get it much more correct as far as the family dynamics and everything than... Yeah any of the Fantastic Four movies actually have. They've all been one disaster after another. Yeah. But this is just a love letter to James Bond is pretty much nails it with superheroes. As we've said on previous occasions, I'm the comic book geek, but Karma loves film, Bond, all this stuff, and there is this film is so full of homages and yeah. just from, fun from stuff. The, the evil lair under a volcano and the little egg-shaped trams that go across the... The monorails and the, the, monorail. the and spinning the, airplanes. And, and the, the robot even looked familiar. I don't know where I've seen it before, but I know I've seen it before. I don't know how <laughs> we're going to break this down, but as far as the superhero stuff, you have... Mr. The, Incredible. The opening sequence with Mr. Incredible oh. and, and set in the past. Elastigirl. And Elastigirl. <laughs> you get the hit of romance. You get the superheroism. All throughout this movie, you're seeing stuff that you've been reading for decades in comic books, but they've actually brought it to life. Mm -hmm. And in an odd way, seeing it animated looks more real than all the stuff they do in CGI, even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. movies. This just sit, hits the sweet spot so perfectly. Yeah. And, and it's... It's got this nice balance of the heroism. Yeah. I mean, they're saving the day, they're helping the rob, and then they've got the domestic stuff. It's like, are you coming home or not? He's going to be in trouble, or he's either in trouble or he's going to be. Oh, the domestic stuff cannot be underrated. And this movie, as with the best of the Pixar movies, has so much heart. Yes. Yes. The James Bond fan in you, the superhero fan in you, can just gush over all the cool stuff. Yeah. But what really brings it home is the home stuff, the heart stuff. The scene with Bob sitting in the insurance office as <laughs> yeah. his smarmy, dictatorial little boss <laughs> lording it over him. Who's the voice by the guy from Princess Bride. Your favorite. Uh, the Sicilian. <laughs> yes, the Sicilian. From the Princess Bride. Inconceivable! Wallace Shawn. <laughs> But you feel, your heart goes out to Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, that he feels so helpless and so trapped in this day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And, and he's able to lift cars. You, <laughs> you kind of get a sense 
that Elastigirl isn't 100% happy with it either, but she's more grounded and yeah. more down to earth than he is. And she's like, well... Well, she's a mom. She's a mom. Exactly. She's a mom. This is the family. This is what's important right now. Yes. So I can put up with all this. And they play with it, with the Mirage character and what, what Edna Mode says later yeah. about, this is Bob Parr's, this is Mr. Incredible's midwife crisis. It looks like he's having an affair. In fact, he's not. Yeah. He's running off doing superhero stuff. <laughs> but it yeah. kind of amounts to the same thing. Yeah. He's sneaking around behind his wife's back and yeah. doing stuff he's not supposed to. And I loved the, the kids, too. I mean, the invisible girl. Yes. It's... Perfect that she was the invisible girl. Yes. Because she's all shy and she's the teenager in love with whatever his name was, Mr. Bland guy. <laughs> and she so she goes invisible. And then the little boy, who probably has ADD, <laughs> he's like, zoo, 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 zoo. It, was like, it was perfect. It is perfect. Then this is why, incidentally, I mentioned that it's the perfect Fantastic Four movie because they're almost all the same powers as the Fantastic Four, just That's switched right. around between the people. The real giveaway is that Violet turns invisible, but also has force fields. Okay. The the two powers don't really have anything to do with each other, but that's very much like the Invisible Woman in the comic oh, books. Oh, okay. Um, the dad has super strength instead of Reed Richards having super strength, and right. the mom is elastic, and we don't have a character who sets himself on fire. Like Except. Jack Jack, the little baby at the end, is among his huge suite of powers. I know, he's like... He turns into metal, he turns into fire, he turns into a demon. <laughs> and we got the, the super speed little boy. And you're talking about the domestic stuff. I mean, sorry, this isn't one of our standard reviews. We're just <laughs> geeking out about this. Oh, man! I'm still geeking out about it! It's so There are so delicious. many little moments that are so delicious. The moment that always just erupts in my, my heart, in my chest is where Dash is on the island, they're in trouble, he's finally getting to run as fast as he can, <laughs> yes. and the airplane is chasing after him, and he's, he's all scared, and he runs, and he realizes he's running, running on water, yes. and he gives this little giggle. Yeah. That is just like, I didn't know I could do this! And <laughs> yeah. it's just so... And, Heartwarming and also and part of that that I loved is like, you know, he gets on the plane, he bursts, and then he realizes it's going to crash. So he jumps off. He barely survives to the end. He gets to the end. He goes, I'm alive. Woohoo! I'm alive. Yeah! Which, of course, attracts the next bad guy. Yes. <laughs> the movie's so full of these. The, the movie is so full. It is so obvious that Brad Bird and his team know and love all the Bond stuff. Uh, and the 60s all spy the superhero movies stuff. in general. 60s spy movies in general. One of the things I noticed on the rewatch that I hadn't caught the first time around is the sequence where Edna Mode is talking about why supers shouldn't wear capes because it always causes <laughs> yeah. them trouble. Do you remember Thunderhead? Tall, storm powers. Nice man. Good with kids. Listen. November 15th, the 50 A. <laughs> All was well, another day saved, when his cape snagged on a missile gun. Thunderhead was not the brightest ball. Stratogale, April 23rd, 57. Cape caught in a jet turbine. Hey, you can't generalize about this. Meta Man, Express Elevator. Dyna Guy, snag on takeoff. Splashdown, sucked into a vortex. No kicks. 
And she yeah, keeps saying, this one, this one died in 55, this one died in 57, and it suddenly hit me, is this supposed to be taking place in the 1960s? Yeah. It could be. Once you start thinking about it, the houses look like the 60s, the cars look like the yes. 1960s. Yeah. They don't ever say it explicitly. No. It doesn't have to be in the 60s. And that's but it totally is, could be. That's another thing I think is really brilliant about this film is... Yes, it's got all the cool, futuristic stuff, but it's also retro. Yes. Which makes it timeless. Because right. it's not going to go out of style because it is always supposed to be in, re in retro. style or, yeah. or retro. Yeah. Um, and there's just there's so many fun things. Another little thing I, I really enjoyed is the fact that when she realizes that Mr. Incredible is off on this island and she needs a plane to go chasing after him, Elastigirl picks up this phone and calls some guy that we never see in the movie. No. I guess you see a photo of her. Yeah. With him. But she, of course, knows some guy who's some hotshot pilot. This implies that, of course, she had a whole life of superheroics behind her that we don't know anything about and we don't need to know about it. Right. It's one of those subtle little universe building things that, you know, one hopes that when we see the sequel, we don't need to have a whole backstory on yeah. you know, a whole movie based around this pilot guy that she knew, which is. Right. Right. Kind of what the Star Wars movies are doing now, but we're not going to go into that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, this is no. not a Star Wars review. <laughs> the, the, in, the Incredibles is... It's so obvious. It's an incredible <laughs> movie. Yes. And there's so much to like about it. I don't know what to expect from the sequel. I think we both go out of our way not to watch trailers and stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just know the basics. The, the mother is going to be... The well, we only have seen the trailer. Yeah. Um, the mother's... Uh, Elastigirl is going to take more of the lead. In this yeah. one, and uh, dad's going to stay home with the kids. Yeah, that'll which be, will interesting. be interesting. I think one other thing I'd like to touch on is, as with the best supervillains, mm -hmm. you feel some sympathy for Syndrome. Not a lot, because he's so maniacal. nasty <laughs> and so maniacal at the end. But people who are fans of Marvel Comics, Doctor Doom. He wants to take over the world, but you you know his origin. You feel a little sympathy for him because mm -hmm. he had all this bad stuff. Magneto, you know, was in a Nazi death camp. You feel some sympathy for him. Syndrome really just wanted to be a kid sidekick. He yeah. wanted to be a yeah. superhero. And it was Mr. Incredible treating him badly that, that, created, led, him, yes. that created him. And that's another thing that's nice about Syndrome is it, it, you could almost see yourself, mm -hmm. especially in the opening when he's just... I'm incredible, boy! I just want to help you. I want to help you. Because I don't, maybe not everyone has had this experience, but you, you, there's a hero that you idol, and at some point, that hero lets you down. Yeah. And so you feel that. Mm -hmm. And that changes you when that happens. The, the two observations I'd make here are, if Mr. Incredible had, instead of telling the cops to haul him away to his mother, if he had just said, you know what, kid? Why don't you take Bomb Voyage to the cops and get him arrested? You, you can handle that. I need to go. Right, except they didn't have him. No, but he could have done something. Yeah. And, of course, the other thing is, maybe your heroes always let you down, but you need to get over it. Yes. Don't turn into a maniac that wants to use a, a monster and a rocket to, to destroy the city. And that's the other beauty thing. It's like... It's his own creation, and it didn't occur to him. Learning robot. <laughs> it's like, anyway, how many planets? Do you, I think it's. Uh, obvious. I think it's <laughs> obvious. This is a four-planet movie, definitely. Yeah. 
So, stick around. Right after this, you'll be seeing the review of Incredibles 2 after we go see it. Probably next and, week. And we'll see if it doesn't stack up against this one. Yeah. See you next time. Ciao. How old is that how we're going to open it? Well, how else don't I usually say? Yeah, I, I guess say so. this is C squared. Yeah. <laughs>